your source for Big Ten talk. It's off tackle, Empire. Welcome back to Off Tackle Empire for our Week 13 preview of. Big Ten action and SEC chicken shit Saturday. Probably more the Big Ten action. Once again, Steve Braun, a.k.a. Thumpsaurus. Uh, a.k.a. apparently the only person that ever tweets from the Off Tackle Empire account. Yeah, Here so uh, it turns out that, that as a result of some barbs thrown Minnesota's way in the wake of their exposure as clown fraud trash, trash clown frauds last week, you caught some personal heat in the aftermath of that because people seem to assume that you're actually in sole and exclusive possession of the off tackle empire the off tackle empire twitter account well, when actually like 10 of us have well, access it seems to specifically it. it seems specifically that every time there is a tweet from the off tackle empire account that does not show you know sufficient deference to minnesota's supremacy i get a lot of personal heat off of that one it's like Wait a second, like, I, I looked at just the Twitter just today, and I saw that I was tagged in a bunch of... Like, wait a second, <laughs> I haven't actually looked at that account in days. Presumably, this is because you, you are memorable and very loud. Like, your volume is big here in audio formats, and also presumably in Twitter. My, my preference is to not have a personal Twitter account, and to use the relative anonymity of the Off Tackle Empire account... Uh, to fling indiscriminate arrows at whoever happens to wander across my sites. Um, if you, you know, probably, I mean, all of our tweets are at least a minimum level of snarky, but as they, as they like ramp up in, what is the me unit of measurement for Twitter snark? Um, hmm. See, I'm Bomanis. not. Yeah, I'm not online enough to be familiar with that, but Bomanis. Once, we, once we get up to like seven or eight Bomanis out of ten, um, and he's he's actually I find him very entertaining, but um, oh no, I love him. Yeah, but <laughs> once once we very get good at Twitter, a lot of the a lot of the more blindside like steel chair out of nowhere type of attacks that we do, that's mostly me. I'm gonna I'll I'll own up to that. That is mostly me. So um, you know, get right back at me. I'll definitely see it and care about your response. Um, oh wait, you you can't because I'm not there. But I do also really like the idea. That only one member of the Off Tackle Empire writing staff could possibly find it in his cold black heart to say something that was anything less than loving towards Minnesota and PJ Fleck. That I'm the only person with a black enough heart to not accept the love of the Peach as gospel. When actually only one of us likes him. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, only one of us doesn't fucking hate him. Uh, so anyway. That's enough about that. Week 13, getting towards the end here, which is fine. That's that's fine. No buys this week. We only got a couple weeks left in the season. Everybody's in action. Let's get right to the most important and dramatic game of the week. Northwestern Minnesota. So is there any chance that the Gophers step on a Lego here? No. Um, it, well, you know what? I guess we'll see. I really don't think so because... I think Minnesota is just a dramatically better team. Hot take alert! Um, but it is fair to say that we have not seen P.J. Fleck, especially at Minnesota, and how his team responds after 
uh, a disappointing loss like last week. How now, dare you? How dare you suggest that P.J. Fleck would do anything other than the best possible thing that a coach could do in this situation? Well, you know, if do you, you have, even know? Do you even know what he's doing during the week? Do you even know how he spends his time? Probably waxing his head a lot. Um, how it, dare you? How dare you say such ignorant things? And you know, if you have thoughts or concerns, just remember that Steve Braun is the primary author and guiding force of this podcast and of all Off Tackle Empire online presence. So direct your thoughts to him. Um, direct your thoughts to me so I may slay them? Thoughts and prayers. Yeah. <laughs> thoughts and um, prayers. <laughs> <laughs> did I say it kind of weird like that? I guess maybe I did. You know, I got a, like a little bit of a Midwestern accent. I hear it in my own voice once in a great while. Um, not, not not something I usually pick up on, but... Anyway, as, I feel as like saying, you're missing the thought-slaying that, that I alluded to there. Well, no, I got what you meant. I just, like, <laughs> I didn't... I had to think about how I had said the word, and like then I saw. But by then, the time to come up with something. Somebody savvy visiting was gone. my company from uh, somebody somebody visiting from my company's Mexico location was talking about how he got confused by someone talking about that they were going to be in Louisville, and he was like, "I, I have no idea what what that." And I was informed that it was uh, Louisville. And he said, "Well, yeah, well, that's how you know that you were talking to somebody from kind of near the south. It's, it's Louisville, which then meant that we had to go through like the whole." gamut of you know the whole spectrum of american accents <laughs> the multiverse of louisville pronunciation you go where you go from this the standard you know central ohio slash general midwest great lakes thing into you get a little bit of and you talk a little bit of this chicago thing and then then you want to go wisconsin but then you go to minnesota where you get a little bit more where you're nearly canadian they do say beg but they're not quite sorry about it um Bunch of hosers. Uh, but eventually this ended up with me just trying to explain the transplant coach out thing. <laughs> I don't I don't think I never got job, but this is not how I gotta do play football. Yeah, I don't do accents, but to get back to what we were actually talking about, is there much of a chance for a Minnesota letdown here? I don't think so, because notwithstanding a disappointing loss last week, they still have a division title game to play for next week if they get there without losing again, although they don't actually need to win this game, do they? Because they would still have control of their destiny, correct? Yep. Because Wisconsin's already lost to, to, Illinois. to Illinois. So, Well, and more importantly, because they've also lost to Ohio State. They've lost the two games. Right, the, the two games, right, two losses before playing Minnesota. Ohio State and Illinois, so, of course, being the exact same thing. Uh, well, in terms of their ability to beat Wisconsin, yeah, they kind of <laughs> are. So, um you heard it here, folks. Illinois, we don't at this point know if Tanner Morgan will play. Illinois wants Ohio State. That's true. We don't. Uh, concussion protocol, which can be... It's a highly variable thing. Sometimes guys bounce back the next week. I feel like there's been more of a trend recently of guys being out a bit longer. Yeah. That's probably a good thing. Um, I don't know what it says about concussion protocols of the past, where maybe it was a little bit of a pretend to put him on the shelf and get him back as soon as we plausibly can. And maybe that attitude has faded a little bit. Um, or maybe if it's just kind of a, an anecdotal thing and we've just had more instances of guys meeting how long longer. I don't know. But we're here Monday night. We don't know if Terry Morgan's going to play or not. You know, obviously Onyxdot is out for the season. So if they got to go to Kramer again, that's their backup's name, right? Kramer? Am I remembering that right? Cole Kramer? I think so. You know what? All right, fine. Lest we be accused of not doing our research, 
I don't actually care. How dare you not put respect on Minnesota's third stringer's name? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, because they haven't played him so far. Yeah, Cole Kramer is his name. So one assumes that with him playing, the odds of a Northwestern upset are dramatically higher. Northwestern did find a little bit of an offensive rhythm with Evan Holt taking over in the backfield last week. They're he now still... has a quarter of their offensive touchdowns on the season. So That's two. two or three so is Northwestern's defense good enough to do what Iowa did to the goofs which is not even really that much um I could see a similar game flow playing out if Minnesota chooses to go to the air it's going to be tempting to throw on Northwestern because their weakness defensively is certainly in the secondary you can definitely draw pass interference flags on them because their guys cannot cover without grabbing so and the other thing is Northwestern has not seen receivers this year of this caliber. Do they play Ohio State? Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, the top three, I, I might take Minnesota. Um, maybe that's crazy to say, but I, <laughs> really that's in part because could you even tell me who Ohio State's top three receivers are? They play like 10. So, yeah. <laughs> If only because we some have... Some NFL dude, some NFL dude, and then some other NFL dude. Right. KJ Hill, who will be an NFL dude now. Chris Olave, who will be an NFL dude next year. Garrett Wilson, who will be an NFL dude the year after that. <laughs> you know, um, difficult difficult call to make, I guess. But no, I'd probably still say Minnesota's got the best group of receivers in the Big Ten. Um, Ohio State's deeper. You know, got individual guys like Hamler, I might think, are better. But Michigan's the only team whose top group I think compares. So all of which is to say that if Minnesota wants to go to the pass again, like they did last week, that's tempting. And I see why they might, but you got to remember they lost the game last week. After a loss like they had, I think the smarter tendency would be to go back to what got you to nine and oh, which is run, 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 run pass when they're not paying attention to the pass. Um, that to if me they is, can have any success running. Well, any success, remember, does not necessarily mean five or six yards of carry. Like, Penn State levels of success on the run in the run game is probably going to be good enough. And Northwestern is pretty good against the run, but they're not as talented or as deep as Penn State is up front. So I think Minnesota finds more success on the ground. I think they get back to doing what they were doing for most of the season. And I think they probably win this game pretty easily. Um you, you, I see you pointed out here that if Minnesota wins, that does in fact eliminate your fighting Illini from the Big Ten West. And then anyone can win the Big Ten West except Illinois, Iowa, Nebraska, Northwestern, and Purdue. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what? It, th- this ride will have lasted over a month. Uh, tomorrow is the one-month anniversary of the Wisconsin thing, so... It, it may very well come crashing down. It's most likely to come crashing down to earth here. You're wearing a snappy sweatshirt, which I'm assuming is new. Um, where is your custom-printed 24-23 t-shirt? Was that the final score? Or was it 24-23. Yeah. Where is your commemorative... The, tomorrow's the anniversary. Did you, did you not... Did you forget that tomorrow is the anniversary? Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. Lovey's going to kill me. I can't believe you. Lovey's going to kill me. I mean, do you even... With his laser eyes. (laughs) So, yeah, Illinois does want Ohio State. Illinois is going to get him. But we're going to need Northwestern to beat Minnesota. 
Um, but we're also going to need to beat Iowa. So, How are you feeling about that? As I've mentioned, the last month happened. But let's not forget that Iowa is currently on a 98-3 scoring run against Illinois in football. <laughs> Lovey Smith has not even remotely threatened to beat Iowa one time in his three prior contests. Yeah, you can remove a 63 to nothing tally, and it's still really lopsided in this yeah. contest. Well, <clears throat> of the three games they've played, Illinois has only scored in one of them. Right. And what's funny is... That was the worst t- Illinois team. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, like it's, it's one field goal, so like whatever, you know, dead cat bounce. Well, no, they scored like sixteen, I think, in twenty seventeen. Oh, I mean, you're, you're so you're, you're talking about the scoring run the last two years, then? Yeah. Right. Well, anyway. Um, well, because because they they kind of competed with Iowa for like the first half of that twenty seventeen game, and then shit went off the rails, and shit continued <coughs> to be off the rails through. All four quarters of last year's game. However, what did we see from Iowa last week in almost derping away a multi-score lead in a game they were in control of? Uh, it's that they're capable of just that. Has Illinois had any tendency this year to play possum a little bit? <laughs> and uh, and then, like, as you think you've won the fight and you're walking away from their dead body, they, like reach out and, like, cut your Achilles as you're walking past, and, like, it, that's happened a couple times here. It really is only a flesh wound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, so I wrote here in our outline, I can't see Illinois winning this one because I will probably win handily if they stay focused and disciplined, which has been a strength. Which, I guess, translates to don't get bored and dick around with a four-touchdown lead. Yeah, look, there's, <laughs> there's, there's less get bored and dick around for risk for Kirk Ferentz because... That's this is the kind of game that he prefers, where he can just get a lead, run zone stretch forty times in a row, and then go get home in time for supper, not dinner, supper. And run uh, fake punts in extremely obvious fake punt situations, almost as if to say, "You sure you want to line up your punt team? I'm gonna run a fake punt." <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> if if Illinois is gonna win this game. A bunch of really dumb things are going to happen. Is that a thing we've said or seen so far this season? You know, it's been so magical and so dumb while also being magical. Because I will point out that Oklahoma didn't miss any extra points in coming back from 28-3. to Didn't piss away at uh, turnover at the Baylor 9. So they didn't do it right. They, they, they just looked like a very competent team during all that. Yeah, boring. Yeah, Illinois comebacks <laughs> are done while looking really dumb and really bad. And somehow having it happen anyway. Okay, you convinced me. I'll watch. <laughs> because the alternative would be... Well, one alternative would be watching my own team. Spartgers. Hard pass. So um, I don't think Michigan State's going to lose, but this is going to be hideous. You know, you say that. You say, um, I mean, all right. So the part I agree with is that it's going to be hideous. You say Michigan State's not going to lose. Um, why not? What about this team over the last five games makes you sure they're going to beat anyone? This offense could absolutely roll out a 10-burger against Rutgers and be a couple of defensive breakdowns away from losing. This is a defense that breaks down a lot now, by the way. Why can't they lose to Rutgers? I mean, the fact that... Being the more talented team didn't prevent them from caving in against Illinois. Like, no, I think they could easily lose this game. I mean, at the same time, 
They don't have anybody that's as much of a problem as Imad or Bebe, as far as a deep threat is concerned. No, I, that's true. Um, if Rutgers is going to win this game, I mean, I'll put it this way. It would truly be the end of D'Antonio's reputation as a defensive mastermind if Rutgers is able to throw on them. Because that's the only way Rutgers wins, by the way, is if Johnny Langan replicates the success of guys like Shea Patterson, Jack Cohn, and Justin Fields by throwing the ball. I don't. I mean, I do think MSU is still going to be able to stop Rutgers' ground game because it's never been that good. But if Rutgers is able to throw, I mean, that'll that should be the end of that particular aspect of his reputation if that happens here. And I mean, the two players I'm about to talk about, you know, there's a reason they transferred out of their blue blue blood programs. But Illinois wasn't a particularly coherent passing attack, but they still had Brandon Peters and Joshi Matabebe who were. Blue chip ass athletes. Peter's six foot five with NFL mechanics, right? So like Rutgers just doesn't have the the physical talent to do that kind of thing against Michigan State. And I really hope not. Um, I don't think there's anything that can happen this season that's gonna put me in a more negative position about my program than I am so far. Uh, but I mean, but that, that. but let me get this. But yeah. Um, I'm sure I would feel differently if we lose this game. Because um, this, again, we've, <laughs> we've discussed with Rutgers, notwithstanding them putting up 21 against Ohio State more than MSU did, uh, this is not a good team. This is a historically bad team, in fact, in terms of Big Ten Conference teams. So uh, if there's anything left, if these players have any desire left at all, they got to win this game. Um, let's, let me pull up the line here. I don't remember what the line on this was. Because I think it's, I think it's like 20 something points. Not, opened at minus 23. I wouldn't favor MSU at minus 23 versus an empty field right now over the course yep, of 60 minutes. I gotta, <laughs> so, I gotta um, agree with you there. That seems, uh, well, <laughs> the last time I said, well, that... Michigan State should win, but that spread seems unreasonable. It was two weeks ago. Right. So, I wouldn't bet this game for anything because, look, it was only two weeks ago that they were up 28-3 to on now a bowl team. So, yeah. it's not like there's no talent left in this roster. It's just, like, psychologically, they seem to be in a place that's difficult to come back from. About the only thing that's left is if behind closed doors D'Antonio tells them, yeah, this is it, I'm hanging it up, do they fight to get him to one last bowl that doesn't mean anything? I don't know, but if that was the case, you would think you would have played it before last week, but maybe he didn't know before last week. I don't know. I mean, like, I'm tilting at windmills here to find some way to figure out how my team is going to play in this game, and I got nothing. I mean, I've watched pretty much every minute of every game until last week <laughs> for several years now. Um... And I have no idea what to expect here. It could go a lot of different ways. Um, if it's anything other than a pretty decisive MSU win, it's going to be yet another exhibit in the catalog of evidence that this whole thing is over and needs to end as soon as possible. But there's, again, as you kind of mentioned when you were talking about the Illinois MSU game, there's no outcome here that makes me happy. Like, if they turn in an A-plus performance and win by 70, does that undo the last month and a half? No. No, it Does doesn't. Does that make you think that D'Antonio's got something cooking here for the future? No. No, because, what? I mean, like, again, 
after this season, they get worse. They get substantially worse. The recruiting class is a whole bunch of nothing. Um, you know, maybe that's unfair to the kids. I'm sure some of them will be good. But on paper, it's not the kind of class that makes you optimistic for the direction of the program. So, no, I don't know what they're going to do. I suppose I still expect them to win. God help them if they don't. Because, like, what does that say if you can't beat this Rutgers team? 19-game Big Ten losing streak is what Rutgers is on. So That is the second longest since the abolition of the tie in 1995. By one game. Rutgers owns the third longest streak as well. It was just on the other side of, <laughs> of this, this one. Yeah, yeah. Not just on the other side, because they won, like, what, three out of four over a stretch in There's, 17. There was a narrow little island where, of <laughs> repose there. Weren't those heady times when it looked for a second like Chris, Chris Ash had finally hey, got... he's turning the yeah, corner! He'd, he'd gotten the clutch engaged, and, you know, now we were fully in gear. And then the engine, and then the engine just violently exploded. Yeah, mm, whole just, whole drive line just didn't know. There's just oil everywhere, and people are just <laughs> oh boy. Man. So Wisconsin, Wisconsin Purdue. Purdue, yeah. Let's let's just uh, uh, fighting a line. I need some help from the Boilermakers here. We took your <laughs> cannon, but we still expect you to be firing deep at all times. Yeah, and that's um, on paper not a whole lot of reason to think that Purdue is going to fare all that well here. I mean, Purdue is one of the defenses in this conference that you can get healthy against offensively. I would expect an absolute feast from Jonathan Taylor, who has receded in the national spotlight as Wisconsin's fallen out of the playoff picture. But, but he's still got over 200 yards in each of the last two games. Yeah, yeah. It, like the, the best player that nobody is talking about anymore. Um, probably still... Probably still, well, no, Hubbard. I was going to say, probably still right there in the picture for the Doak Walker. But if that's anybody but Hubbard, it's a disgrace. So Yeah, I mean, even if, I mean, unless Jonathan Taylor runs for like 300 yards against Minnesota. True, yeah. I mean, if he gets, well, in this game and the Minnesota game, and he gets like seven or eight touchdowns in those two yeah. games combined. I mean, course, in that case. And that's if Oklahoma contains Chubba Hubbard, which nope. I don't trust Oklahoma's <laughs> defense to do anything anymore. No, why would you? So... Um, I guess the you know the storyline again with Purdue is what do they have to put on the field? Uh, if Rondale Moore returns, I I meant to check this before we started, but I don't know how many games Rondale Moore played or if a red shirt might be in line for him. But he's also kind of got like, do you really expect him to come back after next season? Like, no, he's no. clearly clearly an NFL guy. The only thing that would concern me. From a draft perspective, is is this guy not just Tavon Austin again? Like, yeah, show me that he runs the complete route tree. But he's not Tavon Austin's still in the league, right? And he's still a decent player. I mean, he's maybe not, not a, a first round. Yeah, grade. I mean, he's yeah, not but, a first round pick. But right? he's still a guy that that even if he is Tavon Austin, the guy worth a draft spot or the roster spot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so look, the, <laughs> this is where we are in terms of trying to anticipate where Purdue is going to be. I do still, again, I've harped on this the last few weeks. I do still like that they're game planning effectively, that they're still playing hard. They're a very young roster right now. They're not playing as though it's a lost season. Let's put no, it that way. Yeah, Which, and that's as the a most Purdue fan, you gotta love. That's the most encouraging thing you can take out of this season. I mean, it, I'm they're out of bowl eligibility, correct? I don't think they no, can. No, they're make four it. and six. Oh yeah. Right. So they they, they gotta beat Wisconsin <laughs> gotta beat and Indiana. Wisconsin. It's a it's a tough ass Yeah. Here, but 
If they end up a four-win team, though, it's going to be one of the better four-win teams you can think of. It's going to be a better four-win team than Nebraska if they lose to Maryland. Well, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think the comparisons between Brom and Frost are probably going to continue for a while. Um, Fleck, I feel like, has kind of pushed himself out of that conversation. So that's, you know, a feather in his cap. Um, Maryland and Nebraska, speaking of, you mentioned this a minute ago, Nebraska needs to win this game and beat Iowa at home the week after in order to go bowling. Maryland is off of a little bit of, off of a bye. Do they find motivation in being able to play spoiler to somebody else? I mean, is it a spoiler to deny a cross-division, non-rival? I mean, how far is it between, you know what, further research. Wait a minute. Are they the farthest apart? In the conference, they've got to be. Or Rutgers. It's got to be one of those two. Nebraska's or Nebraska-Maryland. Well, you know, even if so, you're saying, you know, everybody's talking about how great Scott Frost is and everybody's forgotten about Maryland. And if you're, a, and if you're the kind of coach that, that, that likes to talk to your players about these kind of things, man, everyone's left you for dead. Everyone's forgotten you exist. Damn it. We're starting something here. Everybody wrote us off. We're trying to start something, and let's remind let's remind the world that we're still here. Well, you know, we're doing something. It's only twelve hundred miles as the eighteen wheeler drives between Lincoln and College Park. Um, no, you know, looking at this, Rutgers is definitely further away. Um, so anyway. Do you find motivation here if you're Maryland? And what does a motivated Maryland team really look like? I mean, does it matter if they're up for this game? I don't know that it does. I mean, their limitations are kind of things that you can't correct by being pumped up. Like, their offensive line is still a mess. Their defensive line is still a mess. Most of their defense is still not very good. They've got running backs. That's great. Do you have anything else? (laughs) You know, they've got a couple defensive backs that are not bad. But if Josh Jackson's healthy... He's, I don't know if he's healthy, but even if he is, uh, how good was he outside of the first few games this season? Well, Maryland did punch pretty evenly with Indiana, which Nebraska also did. Now, that's, that's, you know, the transitive property doesn't always work, but at the same time, common opponents are a pretty useful way to compare Yeah, well, you know what, let's, um, let's think about this from the other perspective. If... Nebraska doesn't win this game if they don't look like the substantially better team. That sets off some very real smoke alarms for Scott Frost, does it not? Yeah, that that is very concerning because by all accounts, I mean not by all accounts, but by all indications, Maryland is in is in a bit of disarray. But they also they've got a first year head coach, so maybe they don't have as much to play for as as you know. Nebraska's hometown hero trying to build a culture. Right. It's, I mean, it's maybe a little bit obvious, but Frost is further in, right? And the expect- yeah. and expectations, I think, were higher for him from the beginning, especially from the outside, but maybe even within the program. I mean, I don't know. This is just, every time we end up talking about this, I'm still looking back and I'm like... I'm still baffled by the Mike Loxley hire. I'm just going to yeah, put it I'm out like, there. What, what, I, what, I was, was never not baffled by it. What was the best case scenario? What is the best case scenario for Mike Loxley at Maryland? Like, is there any evidence that he's going to be a consistent eight-game winner, let alone a guy who can push his team into the top of the division? Like, I, there is none of that. It's 
he seems basically to have solely been brought in to suck up as much talent as he can so that the next guy can do something with it. Like that that's what this feels like. And I Well, that's what I thought we were doing with Lovey Smith, and then suddenly we started winning games. Yeah, you know, it helps to play Michigan State when you're in that kind of situation these days. Which Maryland is going to do, right? Yeah, and our uh, end-of-the-season end traditional rivalry between Michigan State and Maryland now. Well, yeah, well, hey. The conference, look, if a conference is going to do this and, make a, and have all the big rivalry games all on the same weekend, they got to, with Michigan State, Penn State, Rutgers, Maryland, they have to make somebody, like... It, <laughs> The obvious thing is just to have MSU and Penn State play each other and make the new kids sit at a table by themselves. Or they could just not do big rivalry Saturday. I wouldn't mind that. Well, they are. I mean, they're the changing The Big Ten up. got along just fine without big rivalry Saturday. Yeah, as long as Michigan and Ohio State get to do their see, their kissing cousins thing the last weekend, nobody's actually going to care. And they are changing things up, actually. The Axe is not going to be the last week game of the season I think starting year after next, um, they're changing that up with the quadrangle as well. So there's a few games that are probably going to stay the same. Like, yeah, well, Illinois will host Northwestern in perpetuity in front of 20,000 people, even if like like an undefeated number five Illinois team will still draw 20,000 to Champaign that Saturday. And you're not taking anything different. So, <laughs> uh, all right, yeah. What else we got to talk about? <laughs> I don't know. You know what? Let's why why don't we take five here and a, after we're going to throw some advertisements at you and then we promise we'll talk about some good games. Okay, so as promised, we're going to try to talk about some good games now. Indiana versus Michigan. It feels like this is about the best chance Indiana's had in my lifetime to do the thing. I don't know about that because Last couple of years, Indiana's been, like, as close as you can possibly get. Like, there was a double overtime loss in there. And Michigan is hitting something of a stride right now. You can say that it's partially a product of who they're playing if you want. But honestly, like, since halftime of that Penn State game, Michigan's been a different team. The team, honestly, that they should have been for most of Harbaugh's tenure. But never mind the fact that it took until halfway through year five to get there. He's totally still worth it. Every penny. Um... This is still a game that Michigan ought to win and win decisively. So let's, again, consult the line here. You know, it's a touchdown favorite on the road for Michigan. They are, I disagree no. with your assessment that Michigan should win this game decisively because what you're saying is that, oh, hey, they came back and they almost beat Penn and they almost tied Penn State, which then that seemed to have provided them with a the spark they needed. Well, yeah, guess who had a much more even game against Penn State on the road? Indiana Hoosiers with their backup quarterback, just like they have here. Sure, but does Indiana have a win this season as impressive as what Michigan did against Notre Dame? Depends. Is Notre Dame good? Yeah, I think they're good. I mean, they they should never have been in the playoff discussion, but I think they're good. They're a ranked team at the end of the year. Uh, does Indiana have a performance as impressive as what Michigan did to the Ghosts of Michigan State? That's kind of a tougher question because who knows what a win against Michigan State even means anymore. Um, but look, this is still... I don't think... Indiana is a well-coached enough team that I don't think Michigan's able to fully utilize their talent advantage here, but they still have one. They still have a marked talent advantage. 
The thing that really goes for Indiana here is that this game is in Bloomington, correct? Yes. Michigan is a different team away from Ann Arbor. That's just true. And that you know, nothing unusual about that. A lot of teams would play worse away from home. But it, you know, we'll see, I guess, if this Michigan team that has shown up the last few weeks is actually for real, or if they just had better coaching in a handful of instances, because do I think Harbaugh's a better in-game coach than Franklin? Yes, by a mile. Better than Brian Kelly. Yes, again, Kelly is very inflexible at times, and that really cost him against Michigan. Kelly is the kind of goddamn idiot that throws a throws 30 passes in a hurricane. Yeah. And do I think he's a better in-game coach than Antonio? At this point, I don't think it matters because the difference between the programs was so stark that it didn't matter who did what during a game. So... I don't think Michigan is going to mistake their way out of this game. They've played much sharper lately, and even if they're not as good as their last couple results makes them look, I think they probably win this game and probably cover. Do the Hoosiers have any answer for Michigan's receivers? Yeah, they do. Um, the problem is they don't have answers for all of them. I've discussed him before. I think Tuan Mullen is going to be an absolute star, but if you put him on, I don't know, Nico Collins who covers Ronnie Bell, who covers Dobbin Peoples-Jones, who covers Tariq Black. The problem is they don't, like, they're not rock solid across the entire secondary, which is what you have to be, because Michigan's RPO game is going to occupy your linebackers a lot of the time. So your safeties in particular and your corners got to be solid against some big, rangy receivers. We'll see, I mean, the weather... Hey, can we please... Be beating Hawaii by more than one. Please. What happened with the other thing? Which other thing? The Kentucky thing. Oh, that thing. Oh my goodness. Let us find out. We are checking things in real time. I bet it didn't have the happy ending. It did not. 8274. Yeah. I just can't believe. <laughs> Yeah, Kentucky played Utah Valley to an absolute draw in the second half there. 47 points apiece. And you know... Utah, if, I've never even heard of Utah Valley. Me either. If, if Michigan State had played even a B-minus game against Kentucky, they probably would have beaten them. But they played... I mean, Michigan State played awful against Kentucky. Look at me here blurring the lines. I lost interest in getting the Bloomington forecast halfway through it. Michigan played damn well in cold weather last weekend, and especially through the air. Like, the cold, the cold weather had no impact whatsoever on their passing game. Am I even convinced, by the way, that a bad weather game would be more of a benefit to the Hoosiers than to Michigan? No, because I would trust Michigan's run game more than Indiana's right now. What is this expression you're doing? What is this, like, grouper-ass face you're putting on? Well, the uh, terriers are this? the terriers of Wofford are hanging around with the Quanzos, the fighting Quanzos of Missouri. So that's I was trying to read this expression, and it's face. like it's smug and bemused and like feeling kind of saucy. Like, <laughs> no, 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 you know what? You know what? I'm, I'm going to translate that feeling a little bit better. <laughs> you got it. Hey, you. You got to use that selectively, all right? That's got to be a special occasion. He did the lovey beard stroke and finger gun thing. Um, I get that you hate Quanzo Martin, but 
this kind of loss isn't. I mean, this kind of loss is expected for him, and not really going to make too much of a difference one way or another. Anyway, <laughs> before we lose anybody who hasn't already tuned out, uh, the game of the week, the game of the year so far, Big Ten East de facto title game, Penn State, Ohio State, huge nude kickoff. Oh hey. yeah, the biggest nude of them all. The biggest nudist kickoff. Also, apparently they're going to just have competing game day shows there. Both Big Nude Kickoff and College Game Day are just... I wonder if they're going to be in the background of each other's shots there. As we discussed, um, Fox basically like gold rushed this game a couple weeks ago and announced, we're going to be there for Penn State, Ohio State for Big Nude Kickoff. Wait, we got to get BTN Tailgate in there too. Yeah, before... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like and they're just like I just picture like BTN tailgate gets there first and they set up and then like the game day set like run like the truck runs over their set like just parks right on top of it and just, like, flattens it like that's <laughs> you know um, probably playing like a, a panoply of Disney songs like that's how I anticipate game day rolling into town is like like flat screen TVs on the side of the semi trailer like playing the most recent Disney releases like. Doesn't the second Frozen movie come out like yes. this weekend? Yeah, so. But you're also gonna miss the Off Tackle Empire live cast from this from Columbus, complete with dogs. Not a thing that's actually going to happen, but not going to that awful, awful place. I don't know if somebody for whatever reason wants to bring cardboard cutouts of our dogs to to hold up in the back there. <laughs> I mean, I would it'd be a good way to get on TV, wouldn't it? Oh, look at the face. Yes. Oh, so anyway, uh, huh? funny Football, things keep yeah. happening to the undefeated teams the week before they play the Buckeyes. Yeah, because they keep... Week, yeah, well, the weeks in the weeks leading up to that. I think it, like the this, this game has a gravity well now. When you play Ohio State, it's like God. How, how do we do it? Just gotta keep. Just gotta think about. It. I'm really. Oh, geez, I spilled. I spilled sauce all over my pants. Like that. I just lost the game. Yeah. And so did you. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, Andrew, did you just lose the game? I'm not doing it. What? Do you not even know? Do you know what I'm talking about? I do know what you're talking about. It's like it's it's now 2008 though. Well, yeah, but but everybody listening just lost the game, as did Penn State, yeah. a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So Ohio State beat Wisconsin twice. Will Ohio State beat Penn State twice? Yes, because what is the mechanism for a Penn State win here. I can't identify it. They get Chase Young back. Yeah. Um the mecha- I mean the way that Penn State plays their best is having multiple like five, six, seven more explosive plays. The problem with that is Ohio State's got guys who can run with KJ Hamler. <laughs> yeah. um, most of the other teams that Penn State has played this year have not they can put Jeff Okuda on them. They could put Sheffield on them. They've got a lot of options that they can match up with KJ Hamler. Likewise, they have safeties you can match up with Pat Fryermuth. And even if they don't, because look, the guy is a load. He's a difficult matchup. A tight end isn't going to beat Ohio State. So, do you, I mean, do you picture Penn State's offensive line getting pushed in the run game? No. No. And flip side... I think Penn State's defense could limit Ohio State for a while. But we've t- when we talked about this towards the beginning of the season, 
when Ohio State sometimes had some slow starts, it's like, all right, so you were competitive with them for how long? Because well, like, about it's as never, long yeah. as Michigan State was competitive with Michigan, about a quarter was about what most of them did. And uh, I don't think this is going to be a blowout. I mean, like the line listed here currently is OSU minus eighteen. We had minus nineteen. What? <laughs> oh. He, he looked very, very cute under me, so I petted him, and then he went, ah, ah. Yeah, made the biggest eyes in the world at me. What have you done? Pretty standard response for him, though. Uh, <laughs> so, is there a route for Penn State to win here? Sure, there is. And remember, they have, they've played Ohio State close recently. But what? I can't see what he's doing. I, you was, have to... I was gird at slightly. Ooh. Oh, boy. Ooh. Oh, boy. Ooh. So anyway, I don't know. I, I totally agree with you. It's just Penn State is the second best team in the Big Ten East, but you just can't figure out how in the hell it would happen. It would have to be a pretty spectacular self-destruction by Ohio State, the likes of which we haven't seen this year. Yeah, I mean, if uh, the, the one thing, and this is actually kind of a clever quip on his part, somebody put the question at J.K. Dobbins of, well, you know, you guys have yet to play a four-quarter game this year, so what? You know, this week and next week, what are you gonna do? How's it gonna be different? How's it gonna feel? I don't know how the question was phrased, but basically, like, what happens if you have to play a fourth-quarter game? Aren't you concerned because you haven't done it yet? And he just says, "What makes you think all these games are gonna be four quarters?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, you're right. I mean, there's a <laughs> yeah. there's a very Show real chance. Me the lie. Even against a top 10 team in Penn State, a top 15 team in Michigan, that these games aren't going to be fourth quarter games because I do still think that Ohio State is well above even the two next best teams in the conference. Does so. Wisconsin deserve a top 25 ranking? Wisconsin? Yeah. Yeah. And Ohio State annihilated them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you guys tell me that Penn State or Michigan is decisively better than Wisconsin. I mean, Michigan is decisively worse than Wisconsin. Yeah, we saw that. Although, I think it is fair to say if they played again, that game would probably have a much different outcome just because Michigan is playing a lot better now. Nevertheless, Nebraska's win over Illinois still counts. Right. Although, again, like, I think, uh, you know... I think we could beat Eastern Michigan right now if we played them. Yeah, you know what you should be able to do at the end of the season... Challenge a team that beat grudge you to a re- yeah. Challenge a team that beat you to a rematch. And- no, it's called a grudge match because this is a very wrestling thing that we would be introducing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially if the grudge match was forced to take place before the playoffs or before the conference <laughs> championships. Yeah, before before we go to WrestleMania. <laughs> yep. Everyone's allowed to cash in their money in the bank contracts. I think this is the third week in a row I've made that reference to the money in the bank contract. It's a, look, it's a brilliant concept. I think Vince McMahon's kind of a doofus, but man does he have some awesome sports mechanisms. So <laughs> I'm going to watch the XFL. Are you telling me you're not? It's not the same. No, <laughs> I know. I know. Um Pep Hamilton, though, is a owner GM, or no, is a GM coach. Yeah. Elsewhere, chicken shit Saturday. Alabama versus West Carolina. Auburn versus Samford. Kentucky versus UT Martin. Vanderbilt versus East Tennessee State. Mississippi State versus Abilene Christian. Under the lights. Boy, LSU right. versus Arkansas. <laughs> oh my God. That game, pro- I mean, there will probably be closer margins in those SOCON challenge games than LSU Arkansas. That's going to be massacre 
That's going to be horrifying. It's going to be really bad. And then um, in, in yet another insufferable, Liberty and Virginia. Ew. Worst state ever. Um, look, you know what? That to me is an easy call. It's Virginia because it's a team that's playing Liberty. So easy call. Go ball. Go, go who's. Sorry, falls. We're going to come up with that. Um, well, I mean, come on. Like, Virginia has a long and storied history as a major conference team. The independents will not replace us. Jesus. So, <laughs> Baylor losing to Texas could set up a scenario where the Big 12 is definitely out. Because, that would be Baylor beating Oklahoma. Yep. Yeah. I mean, they could have, should have already. So, it couldn't would. Yeah. Um, group of five, we're looking at SMU Navy is probably the quality game of the week. And in the other direction, UTEP and New Mexico State. Ooh, yeah. Look at it. Look at it. <laughs> um, uh, I believe Kay Loxley, Mike Loxley's kid, is uh, still starting quarterback at UT El Paso. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I it's don't know. it's such a weird thing because, like, that's such a far-flung place from where he is. To <laughs> yeah. Uh, then Oregon State versus Wazoo is about as Pac-12 after dark as it's ever going to get because... Oregon State's shown the ability to put up points in bunches, and Washington State is Washington State. Yeah, and it, as we mentioned, any any game involving Washington State is an instant can, candidate for Pac-12 after dark. These are two five-win teams. Yeah, even the noon kickoffs. So this um, is so this is actually this is there's a bowl on the line here between yeah. historically shitty programs, one with a much more recent history of success, that both don't like to play defense. This is going to be good. Your source for Big Ten Talk. It's off tackle. Empire.